Episode 14. We just got past episode lucky slash unlucky 13. Uh, we have one of Jacob's roommates. We, we tend to have a, a big tree of people in Jacob's network. Uh, Jim, how are you? Uh, that's funny. My name is James, and Jim is my least favorite name, but I'll take it. Ooh, so that's welcome it. to the podcast, yeah, James. That's, that's interesting good. because you ha- your Gmail Jimbo. Uh, is Jimbo. So yeah, that's very different. It would imply Jim. that it's a... No. No, so so it's a funny story. Uh, my so I was born James Collins, and my dad was uh, Jay Collins, and my grandfather was Jim Collins. So those were taken. Cre- create, you know, <laughs> so those are creative Puritan. Yeah. No, but know, <laughs> no, but you they, gotta you gotta you can't blame me for context here. No, nah, you're good. No, but you're right. The Jimbo thing. My middle name's Robert, so it's actually factually accurate. James Robert Jimbo. Collins. I mean, yeah. can you think of a more New England name than that? That's pretty standard. I mean, I mean th- there's literally thousands of us. All right, James. Let's let's hear a little <laughs> bit about yourself, James. James and I have known each other for years, um, and have seen each other kind of transform their lives and business careers and all these different things but james kind of give us a background of, of some of the stuff that you're doing today give us a kind of highlight yeah absolutely um so my name is james i'm an infrastructure engineer slash professional troubleshooter um so best kind of problems that i solve are the most terrible scary web problems you can imagine let's and let's pause there for a second james shoot. because i think we have to address what happened before we got on the podcast go on Tell me more. So James was, he seemed a little nervous getting into the room. He seemed like a newbie to the podcast room. We were like, J- Jacob and I, big shots. Mm-hmm. Global podcast from the ground up in 12 months. We come into our You're on Bob, our home. Bob Cousy episode. Yeah, yeah, you guys have yeah. been doing it for a little while. <laughs> we come into, yeah, yeah two, two vets. Mm-hmm. We come into our home and we say, you know, James, take our hand. Don't be scared. We'll show you how to set this up. Oh, During yeah. sound check, we can't figure out why, even though we're both geniuses. Why? The audio is not working, mm-hmm. and the professional troubleshooter in you, James, says, well, why don't you turn the switch on? Yeah. And so, you proceed to show us how to work the podcast You, you think that it would just work, because that's the way these things are supposed to work? Service-based economy. You know, this is what but we pay for. if you don't for. do it for me, like, how does it really work? That's the thing. So I looked at it, and I was like, I don't know what that is. And then I looked at it, and I was like, the switch says off. So, <laughs> And here we are. No, it's a beautiful thing. Now, this is what I do every day. People say, hey, this thing we've been doing for 15 years, we have no idea what it is. And I go, okay, that's great. Um, and then I just look at it and say, you're doing it wrong. I, you, it, it took you like five seconds to actually turn it on. Mm-hmm. But in those five seconds, I thought, I, I thought, James, don't don't make me feel like an idiot. I know it's not the on slash off no. switch. No, and... I just did it for dramatic effect. No, it's good. Um, yeah, so so I've known Jake, Jacob for a while. Uh, we were roommates uh, a few times, and we like like Jake was saying, we've seen each other kind of develop into our professional careers. Um, and it's kind of scary. It is very scary, uh, you know. And now we're we're of the age where we have half an idea of what the hell we're doing, and people are listening to us at times. And it's like, whoa, what do I do? This is this is really something now. Um, but yeah, so so you know, I'm I'm from the Boston area. Grew up uh, Norwood slash Walpole, Mass. You know, I like to rep Norwood. Uh, Until I die, like the outdoors, like fast cars, British comedies. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. Um, so, 
I think one of the things too that I was excited to have kind of you on is is thinking about somebody who's known me for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So to see some of my path, and I think that part of when me and John started this is like, you know, as I've mentioned many times on the podcast, I'm a couple years older than John. Um, no, no, but no. I think he was intrigued in a little <laughs> bit of like some of the past, right? He was like mostly interested in these stories I would tell him about, you know, um, us trying to get our Xbox on our big screen TV or, you know, doing something that was like pretty obviously not that difficult now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but seeing some of the, sh- the, the changes in that. So like, give us a kind of scope. I mean, you've always been pretty technical and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, fixing this, give us a scope from like, you know, some of the AV stuff, give us a scope of some of the stuff you've done in your career as far as like, you know, from the first time working with computers up until mm-hmm. kind of now. I, I can give you that. Sure. Um, and so I kind of had an ace in the hole when it comes to the recording equipment. Cause like Jake said, I've actually worked in audiovisual technology for a little while in my life. Um, but so let's see, like first job I ever had, I was in high school. I was a library page. Uh, that means you put the books away in a library. Ooh. And uh, John, do you, John, do you know what a library is? I have my library card. Oh, have you I, been to it? Have you been in it? Are you supporting it anyway? Or JSTOR? I'm somewhat of a reader. Well, you know what? Yeah. Further spinoff podcast is going to be books John has read. It's going to be one episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's a list of DVDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. No, so, so I was really bad at being a library uh, page because I would sit in the stacks and read books. Um, so that didn't really work out for me. Uh, so I was there for a few months and I kind of like became really lazy in my reading and re- led like a revolution of people to be lazy and revolt against people that work there. So I got fired. Um, and the day I got fired, I actually got an interview request for an internet startup uh, in my hometown that was called myhelpdesk.com. And the next day I had a job working there. So that was a little bump in the road. But from there, I worked at an internet startup company for two years. Uh, did all sorts of interny things, set up computers, teach people how to code, that did sort of stuff. Did you put milk in the coffee? Uh, no, no. This was the kind of place <laughs> that had like the big, this was like 1999, and they had like the big soda fridge, like the ping pong table, like oh, all that oh, shit was Oh, pure startup life. Yeah, it was great. Pure and I was, yeah. When I was like 14 years old, like just working and teaching people what Linux is, it was really an interesting time. Um, and then like, of course, in the 90s, what happened was the company got bought by someone else. They laid everyone off. They never had a product. And that was a really bad time. So then it became like a Luddite for like three or four years and refused to do technology that's at when all. That's when we met we each other. We met each other. Yeah, because that, that, around that time we were kind of like kinda following like a, fish. Yeah, it was just, like, like a yeah. gray area of stuff that was happening. <laughs> Various <laughs> colors. It was good though. Yeah, it was really good. But so Shout I, out to Pigpen. Yeah, shout out to Pigpen forever. Um, the day he died. No, so, um, but so that was my first technology job. And then um, I worked in another, a number of other places. I was like a valet. I did all sorts of different things. And eventually I was like, I really need money. So I got back into IT and um, and I basically, I went back to school for it at Northeastern and I was a very bad student. I don't know about you guys. You look like you were good at school. I know you were good at school because you, you actually <laughs> we graduated. Gotta, this is the time where we, need a, we need a school, video. Quote, unquote, we need a video podcast. School, yeah, just yeah. a montage. Yeah. yeah. All my, we're going to have to have you back on the video when, we, when yeah. we grow the balls. But. No, we could, we could totally do that. No, but so I was working at Northeastern for a while. Um, so I was I was going to school there and I was really bad at it. So I got a job there and it was like 2008. So another financial crisis. Yep. And worked at the school. Worked there for like seven years and um, and I learned a lot of the ropes. Did like help desk support. So people would call up. People would walk up to the desk. I'd go to people's offices and fix things. And next thing I know, I'm fixing servers and working on Linux boxes and and uh, kind of the rest is history. But yeah, yeah. Well. I think too, like in having having known you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like people come up to me and they say that. I'm like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a sales, I, you know, I work at HubSpot, I'm a sales rep, and 
And they're like, duh, Jacob. Like, of course you are. And I'm like, oh, my God. I had no, like, you know, when I was 22, 23 years old, did I think I would be, like, selling software, right? I had no clue what I wanted to do, right? So when I think of, I look back and, and think of you in that age, too, I was always like, James is the kid, literally, the guy that I would call when, like, I couldn't fix the technical problem and he would just like get so f- hyper focused oh God. on like fixing it oh that it was like life. James was like, I got to fix like, like it just had to be fixed. Right. And I think that when I look back and think of, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, I think of that, I think of like, yeah. and we have sis, sis and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, I got my buddy James and I'm like, I totally didn't see that when we were younger with that. Mm-hmm. So like, were there things that now that you're in this role, you are, you know, turning the off switch on and off for idiots like me and John on a day-to-day basis. Like, were there things that like when you were younger that you could identify, you know, beyond getting this like great opportunity within a startup and, you know, being mm-hmm. able to kind of live in that. I remember that picture you had when you were oh, like God. 14 and you yeah. were like sitting on a server or something. Yeah. So being in the newspaper is weird. I was in the newspaper because I was on that internet startup thing and they, they like had us all sit on computers, like bunched up together <laughs> and hold like network cards. They're like, they're like, so it's the 90s and people were like, what's a computery thing? Like, yeah. Give me that freaking like, graphics card. Yeah. It's like, all right. it's like, so hold it up. So it's like we're like in church class with our like church. <laughs> Church books. Were just and you were, he stuff. was like a young guy. Like oh, a really, was he was the youngest there. kid. Yeah. 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 Send us that picture. Yeah. Well, that's going to be we the picture. That's on the, the picture. On this we, yeah, that's oh, it. So, <laughs> well, let's see what we can do. I'm Don't sure worry. It's, it's like five eyeballs. This I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure it's out there on <laughs> social <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah. But so, and the funny, so what you say about like drilling into the problem, really getting in and not being able to let it go till it's solved. I mean, that is something that like every person that works in IT or was an IT generalist at some point. They do shit for their family. Like, so people get new phones, they get new tablets, they get new computers, you know, the Wi-Fi's out, and it's like, so it's like you go to visit someone, and it's like, hey, it's great to see you. Oh, I hope you had a good Christmas. So there's this thing going on with my printer, and I'm just like, oh, the sunken place. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, this is really not good. And just, like, got to get in there until you get it sorted out. But, um, but no, it, it is what it is, and it's, you know, it started a good career, and uh, and I, 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 you know, it's, uh, it's interesting the way things have worked So out. like, so you saw yourself doing some of this, you know, with your aunt, you know, mm-hmm. inviting you over for thing, you know, everyone's there at Thanksgiving. Inviting me over to fix things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was Thanksgiving, but yeah. you know, it was yeah, that too. But exactly. yeah, that's, it's interesting. It's interesting to think of that. So like being, being, cause I think part of the reason we have the podcast, right. Uh-huh. Is to be able to give insights to other people that are younger that are potentially trying to figure out where they should go right Absolutely. like what's their path what am i good at you know how do i get to you know being uh you know working at the startup or living a successful life and like mm-hmm. i thought when we were kids when we were in like our early 20s and our late you know teens and we turned 21 together i think living in the oh, same yeah. house so like mm-hmm. we've known each other for years mm-hmm. um if you told me that we would be kind of like both of us where we are now, not saying I would be like completely shocked. I just didn't know how the path was. Absolutely. So, right. Are there things that you, we identified early, like you fix things for people, like what are, you know, like that, I think that's important to be able to, if you're somebody out there that's doing that, maybe that's a job for you. Yeah, no, I mean, so personal path, right? I mean, so your path to becoming a salesperson was not a straight line. Right. Like when you say people were like, oh, people like, oh, of course you're doing sales, Jacob. But it's like, yeah, but you went and did it and learned it. And then they're like, oh, of course you did it because that matches up with how I see you. Right. Or or how how you actually get there. But it's like I didn't think I'd be doing what I'm doing today when I first started out doing IT. It was just kind of like, 
like other people that have been on your podcast, like I needed money or like, you know, it's like, it's like I need to pay rent and it's like, I had to figure it out. But, uh, no. So, I mean, I was, so just to kind of go through some of that and this will like eventually lead to like a rough patch that I think is an interesting story, um, for you guys. But I, so I, it's interesting when I was like at Northeastern for a long time, it was right after the financial crisis and everyone was thinking like, you should be lucky to have a job. Everyone, you know, you're you're lucky that you you're able to have a living wage and this and that. And I just never really felt like that was where I wanted to work. And I was there for a long time. And after a while, a lot of the people I knew that had been there for a long time, like they also didn't really want to leave. Um, so I think in life you get like it has to have the right. You have to be prepared for things, and you have to have the right opportunities come up. And uh, so this particular, I guess, occasion that. Um, happened was I was looking for a job. I've been working there for a while and I started asking around and talking to recruiters. I'd never talked to a recruiter before. I didn't know what their deal was. <laughs> I know that some of you in this room have done that sort of work. Ugh. And it's, 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 I don't remind me. Yeah. But I, it's just a thing where if you, you don't know on either end what the other person's deal is. And I, you know, I did a lot of different interviews and I started to learn about the process. And I remember there was this one guy in particular, uh, I don't know if this would count as a war story, but Counted as a war story. I'm going to go down there. But there was this guy who was just like, he had this sales pitch. He sounded like he was in like the 1980s, like used car commercial. And he would just get on the phone and be like, hey, this is what we're talking about. This is what I'm going to get you a job. We're going to do this. I was like, okay, that's great. And he just kind of would drive the conversation. I was like, oh, this is really, this guy's really going to help me out. This is going to be great. And um, so I kind of developed a little relationship with him. And he set up an interview with a company um, for me, like a phone screen. And I was actually at a conference in San Francisco, and I got up really early in the morning to do this call. Did the call. Everything went, seemed to go okay, except there was a little rough patch where they were like, they were looking for someone that did all storage work. At that t- point in my career, I wasn't really, didn't really know what the hell I was doing with, with that sort of that space. And it didn't really work out. So the guy, I, I could tell, it didn't work out. And then right afterwards, I talked to the recruiter, and he was like, hey, how'd it go? And how'd it go? You know, what do you, what do you think? And I said, you know, I don't really know if it worked out well, but I'd like to hear what they have to say. And he said, sure, I'll get back to you. So I never, he never got back to me. Uh, so I expected to at least hear back feedback on it. And I was like, wow, that really sucks. Like, this is no good. So life moves on and all that. And um, I ended up going in a different direction later on. And then about six or seven months later, I got a phone call. And it was the same guy that had kind of left me at the altar, not telling me what was going on. Sure. So I was like, okay, uh, you know, hey, how's it going? And he was like, hey, I got this new job for you. I was like, that's, you know, that's funny. I, uh. You know, I remember we had an interview <laughs> set up at this place, and you, you just kind of like didn't get back to me about it. And he was, he was like, "Well, I don't remember that." And then he started freaking out, and like he took serious exception to what I was saying. And he was like, "It's like I'm going to ruin you. You're never going to work in the wow, city ever again." Wow! And he completely freaked out on me, and I was just like, "Well, it's like you know what? I don't want to work with you." And we kind of left it at that. Wow! Now, Jeez. now the lesson sounds here, like sounds like a good sales guy. No, well, it's interesting. So his he was always consistent. Maybe he had a bad day or. God knows what happens in people's lives, but he completely freaked out. And I was like, you know what? I'm never going to work with that guy ever again. Yeah. The lesson here is don't burn bridges because I've synced back up with that guy later on. Because at that point in my career, I was kind of a nobody. Sure. So I was kind of a junior sysadmin. Yep. Right. And then after I ended up t- taking a job at Fidelity and was doing some like some pretty uh, crazy DevOps work over sure. there with yeah. the like, video network they were right. working on and doing that for a couple of years. And then we communicated back up and all of a sudden I was a different product to him. <laughs> so he treated me differently. And he he approached it in a different way, and he's actually placed me twice since then. Wow! Really? So so the thing is, like, even things that you, that you might take completely personal and really can you know emotions can run high. This is your livelihood. This is their livelihood. You know, people are human beings, and I never thought it would work out like that, but it just is what it is. So so, so t- 
let's dig a little bit into some of the jobs that you've actually had. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was first of all, that was one of the best war stories we've had. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. That was that was awesome. <laughs> I didn't expect it to go that way. I but I think once you t- t- turn to like say, and I remember talking with you when you were like talking your first recruiters, and you knew I had recruited, and you're like, mm-hmm. these people they just harassed me, and I was like, James, they're gonna get paid if you get a job that you like, and yeah. then you were like. You're smart, kid. You're like, hmm. How can I? Well, that's the thing. Is like we can kind of play each other a little bit. Yeah. So where, where it goes, and, and the interesting thing is like the power position changes over time. So when you're at Northeastern and you're making peanuts and you want a new job, you're willing to accept almost anything, right? So so yeah. So I was at Northeastern for a while, and I had I'd done very well there doing the help desk work, and then going to the systems group, and then um, ended up taking a contract gig um, with a company called Edifier that was a startup at Fidelity that they'd acquired and they basically created their own like go to meeting type concept but it was video first any to any so you could call them with cell phones at the time it was revolutionary at fidelity um but i was there for about two and a half years um it was really exciting time but it was like going from like at northeastern it was like being in the freezer of like slow academia <laughs> and getting thrown into like the hot deep frying oil of like a web startup from the west coast just right in the middle of boston just it was crazy times um but i learned a lot and it was really good um and then from there, uh, after a while, I kind of, it, I really liked what I was working on, but I kind of wanted to work with the larger scale systems. Um, so I ended up working at Athena Health for okay. a little over a year, and that was a really good time. As It's a really great company and had some really smart people that I worked with over there. And unfortunately, they just had like an activist investor buy part of the company, and it just kind of became not a great place to work, um, which is too bad because, like I said, there's still great people over there. But um, that kind of led me to look around, and recently I actually um, took a new jo- job at a company called Crunch Time uh, by North Station. Well, congrats so. on that, first yeah, of thanks. all. When did you start? I started in November. Okay. Yeah, so, so it was good. So relatively new. What's the day-to-day look like there? The day-to-day is interesting. So um, I was actually hired because they're, they're trying to rapidly scale up their operation. They're in a really unique space, uh, space where they've sold more products than they've delivered. So... They have like 10... Or, Sounds familiar. Yeah, I can't give exact numbers, but basically they have a certain amount of like installations that are happen to customers and they need to deliver like twi- three times that many by the end of the year. So um, so it's good. I mean, it's a really great time, but they're growing real fast and they're they're adding a lot more people and it's every day is a little bit of something else. So I, most of what I do is uh, design infrastructure. So build out systems, figure out solutions to things like log management or like deployment pipelines. And then from there... Um, and just kind of tie it up with what the customers need. So the customers being our, our actual customers or like the developers inside. So I know that Jake likes to call me a dev because I... Zero, one, well, one, no, one I zero. Do, yeah. And the thing is like what I do, like operations sort of role, it's becoming more of a dev role yeah. uh, wherever you are. I'm sure a, a place like HubSpot, it's probably software engineers doing operations. Like that's kind of the new model people are going to, but there's still the need for the old school sysadmin. Yep. I'm kind of <clears throat> on a little bit of a hybrid where I do a lot more development work, but I can do all like the... Load balancers and all the thinking around on the command line or whatever the hell this. So if do. you looked at obviously like working at somewhere like Fidelity and mm-hmm. even though internally in like Athena with a, a bigger company, right? Like, sure. um, you know, I've worked in a couple of different spaces, you know, with the event company and recruiting and mm-hmm. different different spaces. Um, you various know, John, spaces. <laughs> yeah. Various spaces. John has worked pr- primarily in HubSpot, right? So like, mm-hmm. how do you know when it's time to change, right? Like I, I remember Ooh. when you were like, initially thinking i think we were still living together oh, when man. you were initially thinking about leaving northeastern because you had a good you would work there forever you had buddies there you had like i great still have buddies there yeah <laughs> no, no right there's that, no right but, like that was time. a big jump for you yeah. man like you were like it, no so that's it's funny that you you mentioned that so it's like it's there's it's different for everyone 
right? So it comes down to like, do you want to grow? And do you think you're being compensated appropriately? And what more do you want to learn? Because like, so here's the thing, like, so from my background, um, I was always kind of taught, like, you want to work at the same place for a long time. Looks Me good, too, looks right, good your resume right. <laughs> if you got fucking eight years at this company right. and you do this and you do that. And I was always kind of um, shied away from the idea of, like, job hopping. Yeah. And I never really wanted to do that. But I've, I've kind of, like, changed jobs four times in three years, which is something I would never expect to do. But the thing that I've gained most from that is learning new ways people do things, learning, um, just seeing how people operate. You know, working under various different types of management yep. and things like that, getting mm-hmm. exposed to it. But um, but as far as like what I think the big, I tried to leave Northeastern a couple times and it didn't really work out. I actually at one point, I believe you were there. I had a going away party. Oh, that I, I was yeah. leaving and I was going to go work for a, yep. uh, a hedge fund, and yeah. and then I got like cold feet and I was like, I want to stay. And so everyone thought. I do so I. That. So I. I so that, that company, was like a death. I left that was like a altar. death trap. <laughs> yeah. That was like a death trap, though. That was like bad. you were like slowly getting more. Like he accepted oh. it, and they had offered him like way more money yeah. than he was making, and it then he wasn't was like the right time. But these people are no. No, it's funny though because it's just like so. I think part of the reason I didn't go and end up staying, and like everyone thought that I got a counter offer, but Northeast doesn't do that. So yeah, sure. So that didn't happen. But um, but I think a lot of people. They take things very seriously, like such as myself, and I think a lot of people have imposter syndrome, where they think that everyone else is better than them, or at least like they look around and they see, like you watch TV and you're like, oh, these people are really good. They just act and they get it right. It's like, yeah, they have like 800 takes and they cut it all right. And they've and they been doing it for things. 25 years. Yeah, and so when you look at real life and you're kind of watching people do their thing and you're like, wow, this person's so perfect. They've been doing it for like five years and they're really good at it. But in reality, it's like. I think everyone in the back of their mind is a little insecure and really not sure if they're performing enough. And so I, I, I kept wanting to leave and I never really got to. And then when I finally did, which was a year later after that, when I went into yeah. fidelity, I learned like, I was like, oh shit, I can do this. Like, yeah. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> right. And it's interesting. I was talking to my girlfriend about this, that um, she found this article in the Harvard Business Review about how in most professions, so like doctors, lawyers, salespeople, sure. IT professionals, um, like there are companies that just prey on people that are a little bit, what's the exact terminology? But basically, like they're they're a little nervous about what they they can deliver. It's um, they, sorry, yeah. Basically, elite organizations are deliberately set out to identify and recruit insecure overachievers. So they get these people insecure that are insecure re- overachievers. Yeah, they're really good at what they do, and they just like have a huge chip on their shoulder. Jeez. And they will go into the office at seven in the morning and Oof. work till ten p.m. It sounds night. like me. No. So the thing is, this is so this is John. This, this is, is us, man. No, so this is. I, I'll give you the article for the website, but uh, basically, <laughs> it's it's really interesting that like people are like you know the old school white collar way of living was like you. You get a job, you work real hard, you get promoted. You get a pension. You get a pension, all that stuff. Just Take your three weeks of vacation. That's that's how it works. And then we found out that companies don't give a shit about us, and HR departments are just there to protect the company and all those sorts of things. So so I think it's different for everyone as to when to leave a job, and it's not really about leaving a job. It's more about finding the right fit for you and delivering value. So that that imposter syndrome, then, how how have you combated that? So I don't... I think it's... So how I've combated it is just by getting better and not worrying about it. <laughs> that sounds simple, but it's basically just like, I'm like, oh, well, I want to be a developer, but I don't have the time to do it. So it's like, I'll just go do it. It's like, oh, yeah. you want me You want me to work on this project? Oh, I'll just go program a thing for you. Have you always, <laughs> that's, that's have you always had that it. mindset or has that changed over time? Because that's changed feel, over time. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people that listen or at least people I know, mm-hmm. 
they are stuck in jobs or they're not happy with what they're doing. They think other people will figure it out uh, when really like they should just take a step back and maybe take a deep breath for a second. Yeah. But it feels like it might boil down to what you're describing. Yeah, I mean, most people, they, they're not stuck at a job. I mean, they might be in their industry. They might be like, well, I can only really work at this place. I only know how it works here. But it's like, yeah, you could go work there. You could, you know, you yeah. don't have to stick with what you're doing. Like if you're, if you're a disc jockey for a radio station, like, and you might have to change towns, but sure. you could probably get another job doing that. Or you can get a job at a bigger market or you can do it on the internet. Or, I mean, there's sometimes it's not just looking at like, how do I get better at what I'm doing? Or I think a lot of people are like, I'm underpaid and I just got to work and hope that I get 3% every year and my boss sees the some value. Some people almost want that though, man. Yeah. Like that's the other thing too. And, I, and, and to just give you some like, you know, and even from, and I'll say it like on the, on that on the air with this, uh, but like, I'm super proud of you for like moving from job to job like that, because like ultimately, you know, I think it takes a ton of courage to like put yourself out there. And I think that it, it is, you know, being a, a technical person or even being a, like we get, you know, a, both we get approached by recruiters and all that stuff probably half as often as you do. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea of that is like, that takes a lot of courage to do it and to jump into like, but I think what you're kind of telling us that you've learned is like, it's really not that big a deal. Like they all, like if I took another sales job, like I'm going to have a quota. Right? Jake, Jake, you've taught me a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to have to call people, right? Rip the yeah, band-aid just jump, right? Right? So right? it's just like, the thing is people, I mean, and everyone's situation is different, but I think it just comes down to if you don't think you're getting what you what's what you want out of it, then go make sure you get what you're looking for. You know, and what I, was it? The overachieving, the insecure overachieving. Insecure overachievers. Man, I'm gonna put yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's interesting because the people that work the hardest uh, are getting preyed on. You know, yeah. and that's and oh, so I used to, it's that, like digging ditches. So like, me I'm a dig back in the library reading the books, being lazy. That's when I learned my value. Be, be lazy, sis Edmund. Auto automate <laughs> processes. You know, don't work like, hard, work smart. It's like, like it's, a, it's a, you know, you hear those things, but the, the reality is you're just going to save yourself so much trouble. Oh, like, I, and people I look learned at you, that too, right? Like coming into a sales, like it, it were, you know, in my role, like mm -hmm. the people that were the best were working three days a week. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm working 70 hours, 80 hours, and like, I'm not even scratching the surface. And then I'm like, I, there used to be this kind of like pride in that, right? Mm -hmm. And like now you're just like, this is silly. I think of uh, the guy you had on the podcast that sent out the letters instead of calling. The oh, people. what a savage! No, what I mean, a great that's, move. That, that is <laughs> that is your marketing automation right? like 101. <laughs> just like put a stamp on it and figure it out. I love it. Oh, that's good. Um, so one thing that we typically ask uh, sure. guests as we kind of like wrap things up and we go out, went through a great war story, I feel like we've told some of your story and mm -hmm. some of the path you've taken. Absolutely. Um, if you could go back and tell James, you know, holding that, you know, that, that bit chip sitting on the server, mm -hmm. you know, at 14 or 15 years old where you were working for that startup, uh, in Norwood, mm -hmm. you know, what would you tell yourself, um, you know, that, you know, now if you had like one thing that you could be like, Hey James, you know, look out for this or try this, what would it be? Yeah. I mean, so don't burn bridges, like I said earlier, is, a, is a big one. And it's hard to do because everyone wants to take a dump on their boss's desk. And I mean, that, you, definitely <laughs> That's shouldn't, a shouldn't, you definitely shouldn't do that ever. I'll get them coming for you. De definitely, don't, <laughs> definitely don't do that. Um, but no, I, I think another thing is just try experiment earlier, you know, um, be a little more willing to get outside your comfort zone early on. And so you can kind of start the process of figuring out where you go. Because I mean, I didn't, no, I'd be a Linux admin or doing DevOps work when I was 
you know, answering the phone at Northeastern. But the moral of the story was after getting exposed to all the different things, that's that's kind of where I went with that. But I, yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing would just be to get life experiences early. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I did some of that, which really helped out. But at the same time, like all that time not being in tech really helped me understand how these things tie together. I mean, I if I had stayed going in that track from like 15 to now, I'd probably be like doing something totally different. Yeah. On a much different level, but I probably wouldn't be having as much fun or have as much perspective. So I think there's no right path. Like, we never thought yeah. we would be, like, stable and in our 30s with, like, good jobs. Yeah, my car's, like, the payments May. pay themselves. <laughs> I know. I don't know but what the hell's anyways, going on. Yeah. John, what else? You got anything else? Social. Do, you, do we got to say social? Where do we profile? find you on oh, social? Yeah, all right. Sure. You can find me on the LinkedIn's and the Twitters. The LinkedIn's um, and yep, the Twitters. I'm out there. Uh, I'm also on Reddit, but that shit's just for me, so don't look for me. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> just out there talking with the peoples. Um, yeah, don't holler at me there. But otherwise, uh, go for it. Awesome. J- uh, James, Jim, whoever, whatever mm-hmm. your names are. Not Jim. Ops, Ops Jimbo. I know. That was Ops a great Jimbo. start. What no, a firing I mean, start. Yeah, so fiery. No, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Nah, that's what happens when you get like the fourth person in a row named the exact same thing. Yeah. But it is what it is. I love it. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Thanks.